Listen to this. Zakawani, the flying winger. Here's Brad Evans. It's Steve. It's Steve. Who is it? It's Brad Evans. <laughs> Happy days are here again. Turning with a drive. It's Steve Zakawani. Evans with the left foot. He's an attacking threat, Brad Evans. This is so weird. The party has started. All right, everybody, welcome to this week's edition of Side by Side. I am Brad Evans, and Steve Zakawani is, well, probably in Hawaii or doing one of his vacations, too. Because I did hear the last time that I was gone, you guys were chatting a little bit about where I was. And I, I, I had to you. hear that from someone else, not even from you guys face to face. So I'm a little bit disappointed. So I'm going to get Steve all the slack here for not showing up to this week's uh, podcast. But we do have a special guest today. Uh, guest host might as well have him take the show Jackson Feltz um, the voice of the Sounders for the better part but most of the games you listen to on the radio welcome Jackson Brad Keeley good to be here thanks for having me oh so I, good I, Brad I want to defend myself for a second I defended you when that happened oh, I did? defended you yes I did <laughs> okay thank you thank you thank you yes I did I did not say why you were missing I was like Brad can't be here with us and then Steve's like oh yeah I think he's like playing tennis or something so he it was started chiming in yeah of yeah. course <laughs> um let's jump straight into this one uh we were both at the studio all, all of us actually were at the studio last night to uh to call this game in in some fashion and disappointing but it's been about 12 hours what's the thought process right now Jackson yeah, I think, you know, there's a couple things. The first off is we got Houston on Saturday. You got to turn the attention back to the MLS regular season. Um, you know, I think that we got a good 15 minutes from both Nicholas Ladero and Joao Paulo uh, in that match against the LA Galaxy. So they're revved up, ready to go for Houston coming up on Saturday evening. Um, and then, the of course, the other side of it is, is yeah, the disappointment, the fact that you know, it finally felt like the monkey came off the back in the Open Cup with the win over San Diego. And it kind of felt like, all right, we're over the hump. And the, the five years of the losses to Portland and Sacramento and all of that, that's behind us now. San Jose last year. Um, but at the end of the day, the Galaxy put out a fantastic starting lineup. And it was a huge challenge for the kids. And, you know, you got a third minute goal and it's tough to come back from. So, so it's it's disappointment, but it's also kind of looking ahead. I think that's kind of where where I woke up this morning. Yeah, I think if you really take a look at the, at the Sounders lineup, I I would assume that the Sounders thought that the Galaxy were probably going to save players for MLS play, and it obviously wasn't the right choice. The Galaxy came out and fielded um, what was basically a first team lineup and and a great test for our our young players at the end of the day. And anytime you walk away from these games, I think that's that's kind of what you're thinking is is what can we take away from these games? So you had academy players, you had Rothrock, um, I mean former academy players that haven't had too many minutes. Tevez, Dabalair, Kitahara in the middle with Atencio, Baker Whiting on the right, and then Baker on the left, uh, Sissoko as a right center back. Guys that, I mean, maybe a total from those seven, eight guys that have played maybe you know ten or twelve games in in major league soccer. And now you're asked to go up against an opponent um, that that is a really good team, and that's basically the same lineup that let four goals in against a San Diego team. So to ask a lot of them to go in to Carson, California, get a result against a first-rate Galaxy side, and honestly, watching that game in the first half, we should have been up three-one. 
right? We should have been up 3-1. And so I, th- I think if you take a, a, a perspective view of this and really step back and say, okay, we created enough chances, but now these young guys know that at that next level, that's what it takes to separate yourself in these games. And the guys can do it. They've shown it. And so let's, let's kind of walk through the chances in the first half because I remember uh, Tevez getting free. I think that was in the second half. For the, was that in the first half or the second half where Tevez gets free? That was, in, that was in the first half still where Freddie sprung him free and he's got a one-on-one. But the recognition to, you know, okay, look behind your shoulder. No one's with me. I'm going to take off. And I think if he slips that far post, the Sounders have a good opportunity. Um, and then we get a couple off of a, off of a set piece. And, you know, it's just a game of, of missed chances and, and a little bit of sleeping. Two corner kick goals allowed, set piece goals allowed against the Sounders, leaving your man unmarked in the box. And is, is that a case of just young players out there or is it savviness on the galaxy's part you know, part of it is the fact that you have uh, equality from the galaxy side at those positions i mean you think about the second half one the Mar rodriguez that kind of just you know pops right through the box i mean you, you watch that play over again and you know i think part of it is is young guys marking their men and and making sure that that ball over the top doesn't doesn't hit ahead um, but, you know, it's, it's partly just kind of luck. I mean, that ball kind of bounces through awkwardly and Mamo hits it with the outside of his left foot, it looked like. And it's just kind of an Great awkward. I don't, I, I don't know if Mamo was meaning to do what he did with that. Yeah. Um, it was a He'll really kind of awkward it. type of goal. But, but so at the end of the day, like, you know, I don't put that goal too much on any one person or any one thing. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, I, you know, I think going back to what you were talking about with those chances, I mean, like you know, Freddie Montero's Freddie chance, Mon- right? Freddie Montero in the tenth minute, yeah. he may not have a better look at goal all year. I mean, he is has two yards of space on all sides of him within the six yard box, and he hesitates for a half a second. You never see that from Freddie, and you know, it's just kind of like, oh man, like you know, he'll want that one back tomorrow. Um, and Dylan Tevez had a Tevez header, header right? he puts yeah. it right at the keeper. And if, if, if he puts it at the ground, I think you mentioned it on the broadcast. If he puts that at the ground and it pops back up, that's probably a goal. So like you look at that game and like, you know, chances were there. Everything was there for, for a massive cup set to happen. It just, you know, luck didn't fall the Sounders way on a number of occasions. Yeah. I think, uh, and watching that game, the difference for the galaxy was Puge. I mean, he watching him play, I haven't watched too. Now that Apple TV is on, I'm kind of like bouncing in between games all the time and really not watching, you know, full 90 minute games. Um, but just watching him play and control the tempo. And he was always going to do that against a young Sounders squad. In the first half, the Sounders couldn't figure it out. But in the second half, I thought Dabalier did a much better job of tucking inside, basically just sitting on, on Puge and making him take, taking him out of the game. And, and, um, you know, those those little tiny adjustments gave the Sounders a chance. But at the end of the day, the, the Galaxy uh, just kind of their their class showed through and their experience did as well. So the Sounders move on um, to take on Houston this next weekend, a team that is undefeated at home. Uh, open cup play just beat Kansas City at home on the on, on the on the Wednesday one nothing. It's going to be hot. It's going to be humid. You know, I talked to Peter Vermees after the game and he was like, I don't want to go on this trip. I know it's going to be hot. It's going to be humid. I guess it's been unseasonably cool in Kansas City, so they weren't prepared. This is not a fun place to play for for anyone. It might be the most dreaded place to play. And it's not it's it's not hard because the team is that good. It's hard because of the circumstances, the settings. If you watch this game, there's going to be no one in the crowd. 
Um, the only time that there was a crowd there was when Dempsey was on the team and 150 of his friends and family came out to every single game in Houston. <laughs> this was the closest thing to Nacogdoches. So it's a team that doesn't have an environment, um, but they're somehow getting results at home. And this is, I don't think it's a track game uh, for the Sounders, but it is one where if we go in there sleeping, hesitating, and um, not prepared, it's a Houston team that can get on top of these guys. I hate going to Houston. He said that on the radio last night in post game. I hate that city. Sorry. Yeah, I, I've always said that that Salt Lake is a really difficult place to play just because of the altitude. But at least they have some sort of, of of fan there at the game for the most part. Like half the stadium is is full sometimes. But Houston, you go down and it just feels so amateur, so amateur. But I, I think Don Garber announced that there's going to be an expansion announcement in the month of May or something. Is that right or wrong? San I think Diego. you're right. Yeah. The reports are correct. Yeah. And so does that mean that you take Houston and throw them to San Diego? I'm wondering how this one is going to shake down because they have their own soccer specific stadium, but they still can't figure it out. At what point do you say we have to elevate major league soccer and get fans in seats? And if it's not working here for the past, I mean, Houston's been there since, I don't know, 2006, maybe it was when San Jose moved there and it's just not good enough. And, and it's a real blemish on the league and, and no one wants to play there. People always said, you go to Houston, if you're going to Houston at the tail end of your career, like you're going to be put down. It's, it's euthanasia down there. And credit to the Houston team that somehow has put some results together, but maybe that's the team that ends up moving to San Diego. And I could, I'd well, be stoked on that. It's interesting because you think about right now, Major League Soccer and the fact that they want to go to two more places and that was specific places. And that's Vegas and San Diego and Vegas, reportedly, or sorry, San Diego reportedly is the expansion announcement. But then if you do really want to go and pick up the Vegas market, then, you know, right now we're at 29 teams, right? So San Diego will make 30 and 31 is kind of an awkward number. And I'm not sure if there's a 32nd market. Sacramento needs to figure out their situation. So if you want to stay at 30, then yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, I mean, God, you're absolutely right. I mean, Houston, the size of the market, the demographic of the market, that should be a soccer powerhouse. Yeah. Isn't the World Cup going there in 2026? It's like I the mean, fifth like, largest city in the U.S. Yeah. At maybe third how, how can they not support a major league soccer team? Yeah, it's it's a little bit backwards. Um, let's work backwards. I want to I want to recap the the Kansas City game uh, before we jump ahead and kind of talk about um, Houston a bit more in depth. Um, your reaction to the Sounders game, uh, we did pregame uh, radio. Uh, we did a pregame podcast. I think the vibe in the stadium was, I mean, um, electric. I, th I thought, you know, especially for a Mariners game going on at the same time, the Kraken had a home game that night too. Uh, what I saw was it was a packed stadium for, for the most part. Uh, maybe not a full, full sellout, but um, I think there were high expectations going into that one. Massive expectations. I mean, it was the thought of you're facing, you're the first place team in the Western Conference and you're facing the last place team in the Western Conference who has three points. You could have collected as many points on Sunday as Kansas City had the entire season. And yes, their roster was finally healthy and back. Gotti Kinda was back. Polito, um, you know, everybody was there for them. So on paper, yes, they were a much different team than the first 10 games of the season showed. Um, and meanwhile, the Sounders, very, very injured. Christian, Nuhu, Raul, JP out yellow card. Um, the list goes on. 
Um, and and the Kellen Rowe as well, which made great questions at the fullback spots. You put all these things together, and on paper, yes, Kansas City was the last place team, and Seattle was the first place team. But as it shook out, you know, you, you kind of it's it's one of those things where it's sort of you think of third, and you're like, wait a second, that actually doesn't compute. Um, that that game should not be a blowout. And I kind of like I didn't really check myself going into that game, so the expectations were so high. But I kind of you think through it, looking back, it's like God, you should have seen that. You should have seen that. A, they're a motivated team. B, they have everybody back. C, they, you know, they're they're the hunter, not the hunted. I mean, it's just it's all of these things um, that kind of added up. Where where yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense why it happened. And MLS is always going to have these weird, wacky results, you know. Um, <laughs> it's just you can't explain it. Um, but I think this one was a bit explainable. And it's it's I'm at the end of the bit, I'm just you know massively disappointed that that Kansas City was able to get like the Galaxy did an early goal. The entire match changes from there, and they kind of just keep pushing it on the Sounders. They the Sounders didn't wake up until midway through the second half. You get a goal that's basically gifted to you, and I mean, you you wonder why the club was and why the players in the field weren't able to wake up until the second half. Yeah, I, I you know it's a is it a classic case of of overcoaching and overthinking and i think schmetz in post game would probably tell you honestly yes right looking back on it he said you know maybe we do put alex at right back and then put baker in at left back but you you kind of understand his thought process in reed has done you know he's done well he's shown that he's been around the team for a couple of years now and he needs to be given the opportunity um but do we give each guy the best opportunities to succeed you know, if if I'm if I'm Schmetz and I see Johnny Russell lining up on the right, I'm probably going to put my best option an outside back up against Johnny Russell to give my team the best chance to win. So, you know, we can Monday morning quarterback this thing all we want. I I think the biggest change for him probably would have been putting Nico back at a ten and sliding a bear up top, putting Jordan out wide left. Um, probably would have been the the better option um, in terms of keeping at least the front. You know four or five kind of consistent in that role and it's one you got to learn from so um looking ahead to houston expectations for for lineup in houston i don't know if we have any injury report at this point who's sick who's out we know that leo chu kind of left in a hobble after that game coming out of that game a bit early so um any thoughts ideas on what this houston lineup might be yeah, uh, I think the, the Houston lineup might actually be pretty clear. Um, we know that Leo Chu is staying back in Seattle for the birth of his son, um, so he's unavailable. And I think I think when you kind of look through the positions, um, a bear at the forward spot with Raul out because you still have Chu out um, and because you still have Christian out, it means Jordan's going to have to go on the left wing, Nico in the middle, I would think the, the the question of where does Albert Rusnak go is an interesting one. Does he start on the right wing um, or does he hold? Um, you know that Josh Tenzio just played extensively there against uh, against Los Angeles in the Open Cup. So is he able to go for, for part of today's match? Then who would sit next to him? Obed Vargas is with the United States U-20s for that World Cup. So he's unavailable. But then you look further back and there's there's one big question mark, and that's where does Alex Roldan go? Because you know that Yamar and Jackson Reagan are going to be your center backs. What you could do is I think this through 
um, it just it just dawned on me. You go to the three five two, because what you do is is because you don't have the other fullback to go opposite. Kellen Rose hurt, knew who's out with the illness, and Reed Baker Whiting just played ninety minutes on Wednesday, running a lot up and down that right side where Schmetzer wanted to get him high. You get Javi in there who can go again. He, you know he, he has legs to do another another shift. And you put a Javi, Jackson, Reagan, Yamar connection as the three. And then that kind of allows you to spread out the midfield a little bit more with, with those guys um, and have uh, Jordan Morris and, uh, and a bear start up top. And I think it's a, it becomes a little bit easier where you then don't have to find that other fullback. I think, Brad, I think you're able to kind of figure out that left side and who you want there. You know that Nico and Albert can go in the center of the park with JP. And then you're like, you're the question really is only one spot. And that who is who goes on the left and, you know, does Nico have the legs to do it? Maybe. Um, but I, I think maybe if you shift to a three, five, two with, with Javi in there, there, there's less question marks than staying with the four, two, three, one. Yeah. I, I think at this point, I, I think you're right in a sense, but I could see us still coming four, two, three, one, put Javi at left back, left back in quotes, and just allow Alex to run that right, that right channel. Um, and if, if Rusnak can play inside tucked in a little bit more then yes, at times it's going to look like a three, five, two, like you said. Uh, but defensively, I think Alex will drop back in and it'll look more like four, two, four, two, three, one. Maybe it's, you know, more four, four, two defensively, who knows? Um, but I think that hobby has the ability. I mean, he's a national team player. He's, he's, he'll sit at home. He's not expected to attack out of the left and he's played left-sided center back before. So it shouldn't be an issue of him, you know, playing the ball out of the back. Um, now it's being savvy, but he's what I like about having guys like him on the roster from uh, South America, whoever, whoever it is, Central America. We know that we can go to places like Houston and they're used to playing in the heat. Right. I can't do that with all Freebergs on the team. I'll tell you that because that's when the Sounders demise came was when Freeberg started in Kansas City that fateful day in 2016. And he, he faked an ankle injury and he was just like, I, I can't do it. I cannot do it. Literally melting. And that was the hottest day I've ever felt in my life. But that's the advantage of having a guy like that. And if I'm a coach, I'm looking for any advantage. Who's on my roster that maybe has played that role before? And it likens itself to U.S. men's national team, too. You can't bring guys from Germany, from the guys that are playing in Holland and England, and expect them to go to San Pedro Sula and get a result at 3 p.m. You take the guys that have are MLS guys that have been grinding out results with Champions League and traveling to Central America. And, and you have to be smart as a coach like that to recognize, you know, who's on your roster, where are we playing, what's the temperature, all that stuff has to be taken in, into consideration. Um, if the Sounders are a little bit slim right now, injuries, and we asked Schmetz, are there any thoughts of signing players? But Jackson, if you're the manager of the team, you're looking at this roster, um, what's your first move this summer? Or do you kind of just sit on your hands and wait? What are your thoughts? You know, it's interesting right now because of the injury statuses to the team. You know, Christian Roldan's concussion symptoms, you know, you know, and still being in protocol make that such an interesting question in terms of, well, you know, are you going to have your, you know, right right midfielder there you know in in let's say six weeks um it's it's an interesting question i would hope to you know and, and think that he would eventually be able to get back but if christian is not available 
then I think you got to look. I, I would love to see a versatile midfielder, somebody who can both attack and then also slide in because the, the versatility of Albert Rusnak is wonderful. He can play up on the right. He can play at the number 10 spot. He can hold next to a JP. Um, you know, so somebody in, in that vein could help them in that in that way to just kind of increase the versatility. But then you look at, you know, in, in the back, knew who has his illness. What's going on there with the enlarged spleen, right? Is Nuhu going to be available in X number of weeks? So you got to go look at the fullback spot. I mean, with, with Jimmy Madronda departing the team in the offseason, now you're kind of thin at left back. And I know Reed Bigger Whiting has developed into a fullback, but it's kind of clear now he's a right-sided player. I think if he really could have played on the left side with quality, I think we would have seen it, um, especially in Sporting Kansas City, where you could have thrown him on the left side, have Alex rolled on the right. So with that said, your left backs are Nuhu and Kellen Rowe. We know Kellen Rowe is going to be out for another six or so. You know, we'll, we'll see how many weeks it is. Kellen's going to work his ass off to get back a lot sooner than that, right? So then, you know, that left back depth, you could really use somebody there. Um, I, I would love to see to see a, 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 a God, it, it really is a toss-up between that right-sided midfielder and also – a left-sided fullback. Um, it, it really is a toss-up between those two spots, but really that's kind of it. I don't think this team needs much. Um, if you're able to go get a veteran depth piece uh, in the midfield or a young um, left-back who can develop one of the U22s, um, that would be a very intriguing situation if you're able to grab one of those spots. But there aren't this club, as it's designed right now, and especially when everybody's healthy, we aren't that far off from from being. I mean, we were first place in the Western Conference, right? We're there for a reason, and that this team is 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 built very very well. We're just a piece or two off, I think, from being very good, even when we are very injured. All right. Well, the Sounders uh, will take on Houston. Keely, you got um, info on this one? Oh yeah, I do. We are on the radio on nine fifty KJR with Jackson Feltz hosting pre half and post as always. Um, oh, and we also didn't mention the extra bummer about kansas city game was jackson's birthday oh that's right everyone on my birthday the sounders are, are winless on my birthday all the time that needs to change i don't even know how to fix that please we can't avoid your birthday happening like <laughs> right. there's nothing we can last do last year was it. the dallas game coming off of conga cap where it was i mean the entire team was basically just like all right we just won conga cap a few days ago <laughs> good lord yeah. Anyways, uh, back to broadcast information. We're on 950 KJR on the radio, uh, English, 1360 El Rey Spanish, Apple TV, MLS season pass. So we are behind the paywall. If you have not subscribed, reach out to us. We can tell you how to do it. Uh, and there's plenty of info on the website as well. Let us know. It's been great with Apple. Great with Apple. Really fun. So yeah, that's our broadcast info. All right, Sounders fans. Um, this is a tough one this week as we look at the standings. Houston, with a win, can jump up to what would be fifth place, but only three points away from the Sounders. Um, some surprises, shakeups this early on in the Western Conference with Houston, Vancouver, uh, San Jose Earthquakes, and obviously St. Louis. So still a lot of season to play. Um, but as we enter what is now a third of the season gone, uh, we'll move to Houston and try to get a result. If we don't, Jackson said he's doing the team talk. Uh, pre-game next week. With Schmetz's jacket. With Schmetz's jacket. jacket on in the locker room to get these boys fired up for a victory at home. Um, thank you, Jackson. Uh, Keely, thanks. Side-by-side -side podcast. Subscribe. Uh, pass this on. And um, we hope to hear from you guys soon. Questions always welcome. 
Jackson, thank you. Brad, Huey, thank you. See you guys next week. We'll see you guys next week. Boom, perfect. I'll get this up.